You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At times, and like the Maryland game, especially where I was praying to God Maryland could pull that off. And Oklahoma looks awesome offensively. They are probably the best offense in the country, but their defense fucking sucks. It's not just bad. It fucking sucks. It is perhaps the worst defense I've ever seen on a good team ever. Oklahoma's defense is so terrible, they let up 40 points to Kansas. It is bad. I mean... I think when we're playing the eye test, I kind of think Ohio State wins the eye test as well. Just because Oklahoma can only play on one side of the ball. And that one side, yes, it's phenomenal. But I I think we just kind of skate pat. We just pretend their defense isn't the worst thing we've ever seen. I mean, it's not like Ohio State's trotting out the 85 Bears on defense. No, no, they're not. (laughs) They're dog shit, too. But comparatively, everybody's the 85 Bears compared to the Oklahoma defense. I mean, I'm just – if you rifle through their schedule, okay, 40 to 28 over TCU, which was billed as a huge game. TCU didn't even make a bowl. That was an yeah, ugly yeah. – in hindsight, an ugly win. Uh, they beat Penn State close, which is a really good win. Yeah, that's a good win. Um, the, the monster loss to Purdue, which is embarrassing. Yeah, that was they a really bad loss. Barely beat a very bad Nebraska team. Yeah. Uh, barely beat a pretty bad Maryland team and then stomped on Michigan. Just, yeah, just stomped. And everything else was just sort of like, just kind of meh. Yeah. Like, Oh, you win by, you know, you beat miss, you beat Minnesota by 16. Like that's not going to inspire a lot of Minnesota's just fine. Yeah. I mean, crush them. Oklahoma beat a Texas tech team that didn't make a ball by five points. Yep. They beat a fairly meh Oklahoma State team by a point. Um, they beat Kansas 55 to 40, which is kind of terrifying. You let up 40 points. T- uh, that's that's all their games since the November. I mean, that really since October, they've looked like a different team. They haven't looked. And then, I mean, they did beat West Virginia and Texas, right, you know, to finish it up. Those are two good wins to close out your year. But honestly, Texas is their best win on the season. And it took them two tries to do it. Yeah, Texas or West Virginia. Yeah, but do you I'm just going by what, what the the playoff poll has as their best win, which is Texas, because it's fourteen instead of fifteen. Which I also don't trust the committee on. I think they're just laundering a decision that they had to make, which is Texas was guaranteed to go to the Sugar Bowl, and it would have been embarrassing had Texas wound up behind West Virginia. So they just kind of rigged the rankings. Yeah, I I found that odd too. Well, you asked me before we were recording. I think I know how you'll answer this, but you were like, "Do you like Purdue or Texas right now?" I would definitely pick Texas, but would you pick Texas or West Virginia against Michigan? I mean, we're gonna. I, I, mean, I would take. I would take, I would take Michigan. 
I mean, Michigan just kind of has that Ohio State voodoo where they just it's sort of like LSU and Alabama only worse. It's, you know, 14 to 15 games. I still think Michigan's a good team. They just they have this thing about Ohio State. Yeah, I just don't know. Like Michigan didn't inspire me either. Yeah, they did lose to Notre Dame, and that's what's holding together Notre Dame's profile. And look, and this is not, I think, Ohio State got absolutely robbed. I think the only way they got robbed is that I don't really feel that they got a fair hearing, if that makes any sense. I think the entire college football community, everybody on college football Twitter, almost every major national writer was just like, Ohio State sucks, Ohio State sucks, Ohio State sucks. And it just kind of became like this, we all accepted it. And, hey, they don't have a shot at the playoffs. Okay, you know between Oklahoma and Georgia. Yeah. And uh, that's what I have a problem with. And then since there's not a real criteria for selection, we just kind of have to take the committee's word on it. Yeah, I see. I mean, it's a fair argument. So, yeah. I I, I don't like... uh, Well, then again, if we're going to do decisions behind closed doors, let's go back to the old bowls, which was fun, because then you had, like different groups working against each other and if you're going to have people in smoke-filled rooms i mean let's have people in smoke-filled rooms i mean it is a subjective committee i mean this is their assessment of who's the best yeah and that's you just feel like there should be outlined no i mean it's not that i think that there it should be outlined oh i do think there should be kind of a i think they should just be more consistent i have no idea what they really rate from year to year i just think they fling wildly every season of what matters to them. But it's also mainly, I just think the whole thing of who's the best is just a bullshit way to look at it. And it's just a way for us to put in the team that we, we just think is better. Well, how else are you going to evaluate it? We threw out the, I, the computer. I think, I think you go by resume. Yeah. And I think you kind of should look at computer polls. You should go by resume. What have you done? Who have you beaten? But we just, uh, what are your accomplishments? But even just talking about it just then, like, I don't see how you could, I don't know, to me, Ohio State's resume wasn't that much more impressive than OU's. Oh, I don't think it is either. I don't think it is that much more impressive, but they're the team that's finished sixth in the rankings behind Georgia, and Oklahoma's four, and I do kind of feel like everyone in the country was just like, ah, Ohio State doesn't have much of a, what I think was an incredibly close call. I mean, if you really want to get into resume talk, then we should start talking about why is Notre Dame even in there? I agree with that. Why is that? Notre Dame's resume is pretty garbage. But I think if you go unbeaten and you're in a Power 5 conference, and I know Notre Dame's not a Power 5 conference, but we accept them as a Power 5 team, I think you go unbeaten, you're in. That's just kind of the rule. But, yes, I do agree. Notre Dame's re- resume, they have the Michigan win. That's about all that's holding them up, I think. I think so too. Well, they dusted Syracuse. Yeah, they did. So that but that's sort that's sort of like Oklahoma, you know, using Army as one of their big wins. Yeah, I mean, I guess if this was really like campaign season, they didn't really have to campaign because they were going to be in. But they yeah. probably would have trumped out. Hey, we beat the ACC runner-up. We beat the Big Ten runner-up. We beat the doors off. Uh, you know, and we beat Michigan, who was good. Yeah, but God, the ACC runner-up, that's a very weird way to talk about Pitt. It's a black Um, hole. Yeah, I mean, you really come down to it that 
this is one of those years where it's a two-team race. It, it's really um, Alabama and Clemson and some other guys. Yeah, very likely. But I don't know. I and it's also like one of the comments on the article today just bothered me to say, you know, why does winning a conference even matter at all? It's just an odd geographical grouping of teams. And I think if college football has lost so much of itself that people don't rate conferences anymore, then I think college football has just lost its way. If that's the way, if that's the way young people look at conferences. Um, I, I just think the fact that conference titles don't really matter anymore. And that makes me sad. I think they should. I think it's just a different way of looking at college football now where we look at it as this one big league instead of what it is, which is a loose confederacy of 10 different leagues. It does get exceptionally murky, though, when you're starting to talk about defining the four best of that whole group of like 120. It's literally impossible. And they're cordoned off like you're – if Pitt had somehow beat Clemson, you can't suddenly foist up that a conference championship matters that much. Like in a, in a system that would honor conference champions, like they, let's say they pull that upset and we, we have a playoff that's expanded and has enough teams for every conference champion. Pitt gets in. Yeah, I, I, I would put Pitt in. Ugh, I hate that. Yeah. You know, Clemson goes the, the year near undefeated. And I mean, they would still probably get in because there'd probably be some like. There'd still be a wild card. There'd wild still be cards. A wild card. Yeah. But yeah, when you're, when you're fucking conference, seriously. It's a basic thing. In order to win the national championship, to have a claim, you need to first win your unit. If you do not win your conference, you do not have a claim on the national championship. I don't, I, you have to win a part before you can win the whole. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, you, if you're wanting to try and crown the best team, I don't know that that is like Alabama last year, right? Yeah. And look, I, I think we've forgotten just how radical it is that Alabama has won two national titles without winning a conference title. Yeah, it's bizarre. Before them, it hadn't happened until prior World War II. So we basically chunk 70 years of history with a shrug. I mean, I like, think it didn't even rate, it didn't even rate as a big deal. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Alabama won the national title. And they didn't win their conference. Whatever. It definitely did in 2011, but this last year, no one seemed to care anymore. Like, it is, it was a massive, massive deal. And it, look, it didn't start with Alabama. It started when they first put in, what, Oklahoma, when they lost the Big 12 and still put them in the championship game. Um, they had done it to another team as well. I mean, there had been a series where it was going to happen eventually. If you keep putting non conference champions in the championship game, eventually one of them is going to win. Yeah. So this this dates back to the BCS. the The problem with the college football playoff is essentially that it's still the BCS. It's just the BCS with more teams. I guess as my uh, millennial mind works, I'm just thinking, what really tethers us to these legacy systems? Like, yeah, that's the way we've always done it, but who cares? Like, I don't care that someone 60 years ago was in the SEC. It, to me, that doesn't define college football. See, to me, it does. To me, right. to me, the whole thing is like we play in the SEC. We've been playing these guys for 80 years, and we'll play them for another 80 years. Like, I don't care. 
like the Rose Bowl doesn't mean shit to me. We don't play in the Rose Bowl. It's always been the Pac-10, the Big 12. What do, you know? I mean, the Big 10 and the Pac-10. What do I give a shit? I, I mean, it's nice for them. That's their tradition. And I'm not here to tear down the Rose Bowl. But I'm saying, like, I don't care about it. I have nothing emotionally invested in that. I care about the Sugar Bowl because that's where the SEC champion always went. The SEC, like, I care about beating the other teams in the SEC. I'm I'm not really that burned up about beating Clemson. They're in the ACC. What do I care? I think it would be more compelling, though. <laughs> to me, that mattered more when it held true. And I know that we still have a lot of those same parent teams, but it's like, now all of a sudden, A&M's in the mix. And I know that they've historically kind of bounced back and forth and around. But they're like, throw Missouri in there. And I don't know. It's just, I, to me, the lines of conference are more and more convoluted to the point that it's reaching. of like, what does it even mean anymore? And I really don't think they've changed. The core members of the SEC, there's been, what, 10 core members that have been together for 70 years. They added two in the 90s, and they added another two since then. Uh, you know, what, five, six years ago. That's it. It's not like there's been this, these massive shifts in membership and they keep changing. I mean, it's not like minor basketball conferences. If you look at college basketball and you look at some of the smaller conferences, their membership changes like every year. Uh, you just can't keep track of it. And I will say like certain conferences have completely lost any sort of I don't. They've lost. I don't want to say their brand, but they've lost their identity. Like the ACC, I have no idea what the ACC divisions are. But that's how I feel about. Like Nebraska is to me a very historic Big Eight, Big Twelve. Yeah, I, I team. agree. And they, they and now they're in the they Big left. Ten. That's actually the Big Twelve. And they left for the Big Ten because they hate Texas so much. But that's a. That's sort of proving my point. Like, it doesn't even matter anymore. They're out of their historical tie. And then the Big Ten adds, like, Rutgers, which doesn't make any sense. Maryland. Yeah, but who cares? You know, who cares? Because, you know, Rutgers and Maryland are never going to win the Big Ten. Or if they do, it'll be, you know, 20 years from now. And Nebraska, they're not Nebraska anymore. I mean, Nebraska's basically become a shell of themselves. They're zombie Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, that roughly happened to us in the 90s, like if we had left for the Big 12. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's why we should never leave for you know the Big 12 or the, the ACC. Wait, you, you've argued for leaving for the Big 12 before. Yeah, but I'm also doing a tongue <laughs> firmly planted in cheek. Uh, <laughs> I mean, LSU to Big 12, I'm kind of kidding. Like, is no one else aware that this is a joke? Uh, I don't know. It's, of course it, we shouldn't leave this. It ramps up a lot. Especially when people get yeah. pissed off at the officials like after the Texas A&M game. Yeah. I mean, I think the SEC, my problem with the SEC corruption is that it never runs in our favor, not that it's corrupt. <laughs> our problem is that the, the SEC corruption, we're one of the big boys now. We should we should get at the seat of the table. The, the corruption should run in our favor once in a while. I mean, I... I'm not terribly compelled by the we should stick to conferences because, you know, they did it 60 years ago and did it 80 years ago and it's history. But, I mean, I do like having a set of common opponents. I think that's how you form rivalries and whatnot. But if you took Arkansas off our schedule every year, I'm not going to, like, cry river about it. Yeah, but they're also fairly – yeah, because they're the new guys and they've been in our conference for 20 years. 
okay, if we didn't have to play Alabama every year, like I, it wouldn't upset me that much. See, and that would upset me. Like Alabama's, we've played Alabama on nearly a hundred times. Like if you don't have the ties that bind, what are we doing college football for? I mean, that's, I mean, that's what college football is. And at the end of the day, is I don't. At the end of the day, college football is nothing. There is no college football body. I mean, the NCAA. Yeah, it's. It doesn't really manage college football. It is the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the Pac Twelve. There are these. It's it's like European football. It's like you have the English Premier League, you have Legal One, you have the Bundesliga, and then they send their champions to play in Champions League. Now, sometimes they're lower level. You know, if you're a really big league, you can send multiple teams, but we just can't. You know. Just logistically, we can't have a, a Champions League with 30 teams in it. Though that'd be cool as shit. Yeah. I don't know. I'm prepared to take a bunch of shit for this once it posts. Cause... No, I, I think people agree with you. I, I totally think I, I think everyone's down like, tradition? Fuck it. What the, who gives a shit? Like, and I think that's what college football is. If we don't care about what happened 80 years ago, 50 years ago, then we're just NFL light. Yeah. Well, it, for me, too, this is not just a college football thing to me. Like, I've never understood. Like, the NBA is a prime example where, like, all these shit-ass Eastern Conference teams get in. And you have, like, these legitimately yeah. good teams in the Western Conference that just don't get to go to the playoffs. I'm like, now, that doesn't that make I, a flick of sense. Like, what the fuck is that this? I agree with because no one gives a shit about the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. No one ever gets in arguments about the Western Conference. There's no identity with the West. I mean, I live in Big 12 country. Do you know how much they hate the SEC here? I mean, it is a driving passion in their lives. You can just bring up anything SEC and it'll drive them insane. Uh, that doesn't happen in the NFL. You can't go, AFC, motherfucker. Like, no one cares. <laughs> you yeah, do, but division lines they do sometimes. Yeah, that's just kind of rivalry, but we're talking the conferences. There's no AFC versus NFC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, because those are arbitrary. Yeah. No, I mean, it is a, it's, it's a rich part. It, it is a distinguishing factor that makes college football unique. And I, I think we've completely lost, not completely lost it, but we're losing it. Uh, look, we've almost lost New Year's Day. College football has run so incompetently, they were outmaneuvered by the NHL. I mean, think about that. The NHL now has its big game, you know, its outdoor game every January 1st. And that's their big ratings day. College football used to own New Year's Day. Nothing else would happen on that day. How do you get outmaneuvered by the most incompetent professional sports league in the world? Well, it's now a business run by corporations, so. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a different game than it was even like 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm cool with the game changing, you know, run the spread spreads fun. But even, I mean, I, I'm not even talking about on the field, like just the sort of turning it into a mass market product. Yeah. And that, I don't like that. It was not a thing that it was. It never was. I will rail against that as long as I possibly can. And I don't care if it's a lo- – I know I'm tilting at windmills and I know I'm going to lose. But <laughs> fuck it. It's still a fight worth fighting. It is 
Yeah, it, it, you know, because it used to just be the Sugar Bowl. Now it's the Nokia Sugar Bowl. It used to be whatever. It's the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, which is like a double brand thing. <laughs> well, dude, it, I remember when it was the IBM OS2 Fiesta Bowl. So it, it used to be an operating system. So right. I think they've stepped up. Um, but yeah, like I cannot – look, I know it's a losing battle. I know it's becoming more and more just college football. and But it's something I hate and it's – it takes away from what makes college sports special. So even though it's the losing side, that's exactly what makes it worth fighting. The fact that it is a quixotic, you know, battle against just everything becoming more corporate and bland and beige. Yeah. This takes us right into, uh, paying the players because none of that makes sense. Because oh, yeah, if, if you're throwing out the whole amateur aspect of it, because you're basically just saying this is a machine run by corporate America now, like there is certainly room within that machine to pay the workers. Dude, I think you, I think we should have been paying players since the beginning. If you look at the very beginnings of college sports, they were paying players. Like the very first college competition was like rowing between the Ivy League schools, and they paid people in order to row for them. Like they have been literally paying athletes since the beginning. Amateurism was invented by rich people to prevent poor people from playing because they couldn't take time off work. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for paying players. Like, yeah, if we're, we're going to have the corporate bit, certainly pay players. And there's no virtue in amateurism. And that, that's a sham. And that's a, you know, they invented this, the concept of a student athlete. So they wouldn't, You'd have to pay him health insurance. Yeah, that's a weird thing. That's the weird argument that always comes up. They're getting an education. I, I mean, yeah, but look, we pay the band. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you get a stipend for being on, you know. Look, I had a student job. How, how is playing football for LSU not a student job? And look, I think even most people, when they say pay the players, they're not even thinking millions of dollars. They're just thinking, you know, cost of living adjustment. Let them have a couple of thousands so they can have some walking around money and let them take endorsements. Yeah, I think we've talked about this on here yeah. ad nauseum, but you made a, two compelling cases, which is, first of all, they should be able to take endorsements. And if it's their name, if some business wants to pay them, I don't see what is the matter with it. And the other I, I really liked your argument in the past of like, look, let's create a football degree. Yeah. I know we already have unofficial football degrees, but provide these kids with like legitimate life skills because most of them are going to flame out. So teach them how to coach, teach them how to manage their money, teach them how to run a business, whatever it is. Yeah. Give teach them really them tangible skills so that. Teach them, teach them marketing, teach them how to, you know, public commu- speaking. Yeah, just all the things that you're going to need to be a professional football player and your career afterwards. This is not, you know, like hey, and given how the NFL is going, maybe a, a class or two on criminal justice. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, uh, this is group liability. This is how a conspiracy works. Uh, <laughs> this is why you. Yeah, have to have someone who takes ownership of the backpack. <laughs> we have not done a 23-minute cold open without an intro.
everybody. This is Sneaking Into Good Pod. I'm Poser. That's Dan. And I'm cursing a lot, and I don't know why. Okay. I guess I'm, I guess I'm in that mood. I got you all worked up over the committee. You did. You got me worked up over the committee and just Historical how things used to be. How things used battle to be. lines. I mean, this is the one thing that tradition should actually matter on. You know, how things used to be for why we watch college football actually does matter. It actually is a valid argument in that case. I, honestly, I think where it got blurry for me is when you start talking about the playoff and you're picking and choosing, it just becomes really like I, I didn't even think of it this way in the BCS because I was it was heavily done by a computer. Yeah. So when you start talking about subjective evaluations, then I start it gets difficult for me to be like, well, why should the conference championship matter? If the team lost one game and that's what prevented them from winning their conference, but the team that won the conference won three games, why is that more valuable, that one game, than the other games they played? And then I'm like, come up with a better way to crown a ch- uh, conference champion. Yeah. Like, that's that's on the conference. Yeah, that's, that's on you for having a ridiculous system and then eventually conference championship games would go away. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's what would happen. Yeah, it, it, goes, it goes to round robin and then, oh, there's your winner. Yeah, um, which would be good for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my, my, I'm thinking long term on how to uh, – but also the PCS wasn't really about computers as much as – it had computers, but it was the polls. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was, it was, you know, the computers were just a, you know, wow us a little bit, and but, you know, it. it I just don't like the whole the idea that we're searching for the best, because we have no idea, and historically we've been terrible at guessing who the best is by the eyeball test. That is true. And so I just don't trust us now when we say, oh, well, Oklahoma looks like the best team or, you know, or Georgia looks like the best. We've been really bad in the past about identifying so many unbeatable teams have proven beatable. Yeah. And so I don't know. I just don't I don't like anything about the playoffs. really. And also, like one of the, the funny things you could do is just say. How big of a field do you need? And I think this year you could say you only need a two-team field. It's it's Alabama and Clemson. So at the end of the day, hey, thank you, Oklahoma, for showing up. Please give Alabama a game. They've got a puncher's chance. Sure. You know, maybe Oklahoma scores 60 points, which is certainly possible with Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and they pull the upset. That, that'd be cool. But more than likely, we're killing time until Alabama plays Clemson. Yeah, and I think you hit on it earlier. I think before we were recording, it just it is a mechanism for confirmation bias. I I wanted OU to get in. I I like OU. I can admittedly watch them and acknowledge that their the defense doesn't even do basic things right, like line up. Like so bad. They're really bad. Watching them tackle hurts me. I just want to watch the Bama chase Kyler around for three hours because I think that'll be entertaining. Now, yeah, look, if they said, "Hey, we're only doing this based on aesthetics." Like, we just want the most fun matchups. Alabama-Oklahoma is definitely the way to go. I think that is the that is probably the best matchup for college football fans they could come up with. But then they dropped the ball in the bowl games. Like, the committee had total dis- had a four-team pool and total discretion. There were no bowl tie-ins. And they couldn't make Florida-Central Florida happen and LSU versus Michigan, which is the game that the four fan bases all wanted. 
I wanted UCF, so. I know you did, but I'm just saying <laughs> majority of the fan base. I, I I just didn't want I want LSU Michigan badly. I just I felt like it would be such a tearful, boring game this year. <sighs> Maybe, yeah. Well, look, that's that's the danger with LSU all the time. But look, I'm actually to be honest, I am really excited about the Central Florida matchup. Me too. Central Florida, they're good. Yeah. I mean, I, I scouted out the AAC championship. I was watching them play Memphis. That's a, I mean, they got athletes. They're well coached. Look, you know they've got guts. They they went down huge against Memphis, and Memphis has the best running back in the country. They should have been able to protect a seventeen point lead. Yeah, they showed up in the second half, played some defense. Yeah, which is kind of their weakness, and that's something LSU's been really good against against bad defenses, which is something. I know that sounds stupid, but that's something LSU hasn't been able to take advantage of in the past. Yeah. Uh, LSU, LSU can light up a bad defense. And while UCF is not Oklahoma bad, their defense is not very good. So we could, we could have a genuine shootout in the Fiesta Bowl. That would be entertaining. I mean, we won't have a secondary. <laughs> no, that sucks. I mean, yeah, that's going to be... We're not going to have a pass rush. Fajoko's out, and Chase Hong is not going to be back. Devin White's playing, though. Devin White's going to play, but he's not, you know, our big. Move him to corner. Pass rush. Yeah, let's move him to corner. I'd rather see Jacoby Stevens move out there. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get creative. Yeah, I think if you have all game to plan for it, it'll be a little bit better. Uh, Kelvin Joseph hopefully won't get injured mid game. Yeah. Um,. Jacob Phillips is out for a half. Did you say that? Yeah, Jacob Phillips. I didn't say that, but yeah, you're right. Jacob Phillips is out for a half. Yeah, the defense is in some serious struggles. Florida's going to score. Yep, even with their backup quarterback. Yeah, look, put, what, 50 up against Memphis? Yeah. yeah. They can play. You don't win 25 games in a row and suck. I agree. Uh, I, don't, I don't care what your level is. And also, the AAC is traditionally the, the best – Non Power Five conference. Yeah, or I never whatever it was before. Like this is the best of the group of five conferences. Where did this notion that this was a lose lose opponent for LSU come from? I never got I, that. I don't know, and like I know it's kind of imperated by us. Like a lot of our writers have said it, but I really haven't heard it outside of our circle. Me I think, either. I think most people around the country are like, Central Florida's good. Like, LSU better watch themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, to me, when I look for lose-lose, I'm looking for national media to be like, oh, LSU's going to steamroll them. That's lose-lose because it's like, oh, that's the game to watch out for. Honestly, I think it's win-win. If we win, we get our 10th win. Yeah. I think it's it's a big springboard to next year. I think this is a team that can really build – honestly, I think having a month off to work on the offensive line is going to do wonders for those guys. I think we might have our first competent offensive line performance of the season. Should and help. I think that should help, and I, I think that's a, a big thing. So that's a win. If you obviously, if you win, there's the win. If you lose, you piss off Alabama. Eh, there are worse things. <laughs> <laughs> we have enabled a two-year troll of Alabama. We can crown Central Florida the national champions. I mean, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but as far as bad things. Us losing the game is not horrible. We still went to the Fiesta Bowl. 
it's still our first New Year's Six Bowl since 2011. It was still a you know a very successful year. I mean, yeah, I think you would knock it down a peg. But if anything, this one's win win, not lose lose. Yeah, I'm a. I love. I, uh, I I love everything about the matchup. Just it's a fresh opponent. It's a fresh place. That's all I really ask for in bowl season. If you're yeah, not I, if you're not going to the playoff, like we're in the top tier of bowls, playing a new team in a new place, it's perfect. Like what else? Do you yeah. Want? And I also like kind of pers- you know looking at everyone's uh, what are the best bowl games kind of thing. I, I think we're near the top of everyone's. This is the most watchable bowl. Yeah. I think almost everyone in the country is like, this This game looks entertaining. You should watch this. It's also oh, like an hour away from me, so I can just... Yeah, go. I'm going. Yeah, I bought tickets and everything today. Oh, awesome. Drive on down. See, I'm, we're vacationing in New Orleans, so if anybody uh, wants to party in the French Quarter to watch the game, I'm available. Um, I'm sure somebody will take you up on that. But I'm on vacation, so we're going to, we're going to New Orleans <laughs> no matter what, and Honestly, and this is where I admit my uh, vacation plans, kind of happy they're not in the Sugar Bowl because it would be a zoo. Would, well, it also would have taken a day away from me being in New Orleans. Yes. Because it, it would have eaten up the whole day. And I would have gone and I would have had a good time. But when you're on vacation, it's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a drag to try and get out there to the game and all that kind of stuff. It's, I'd rather just eat at really fancy restaurants and you know, drink a lot in the quarter. Like it's just makes my life a lot easier. Um, I know that sounds terrible. I'm still going to watch the game, of course, but I like that it's a three hour thing instead of like a six or seven hour thing. Yeah. And it's a like early time slot. So yeah, you get great. your evening. You know. Yeah. I, I'm going to go to a buddy's restaurant, you know, <laughs> watch the game there. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Like, uh, and, and yeah, it's it's hard to complain about this matchup, and also even if you did want to complain about it, LSU has no business complaining about its New Year Six Bowl matchup after losing the final game of the season. Yeah, I agree. The committee was uh, yeah. I'm surprised you're not being kind to the committee because I think they were kind to us. They were. They were very kind to us. But also, like that's the thing. Even when it goes in our favor, I, they just have no. I don't know what they're doing on the lower levels. Like, honestly, if they're trying to say, if their goal was to create the best bowl matchups in the New Year's Six Bowls, why isn't Washington State in there? Yeah, that's I a weird know one. It's I know they dropped them because Washington State's out of conference schedule is terrible, and the Pac-12 wasn't very good this year. I get it from a polling standpoint; they are behind LSU, they're behind Penn State, they're behind Florida. I understand that; like, that makes sense from a ranking standpoint. But the fact that the committee didn't have the discretion because they're the ones who just place teams in bowls to say, you know what, Wazoo seems really entertaining. Let's let's put them against Central Florida. That would have been a really legitimate decision. No I'm doubt. glad they didn't do it. I'm glad they didn't do it. But I, I just don't understand the point of the committee, basically. I don't know what they're doing when it comes to creating matchups. They should hire uh, Barry Sally. Yeah, they should. They should totally, you know, get him and his. He could have Penn State matched up against, you know, someone else boring. Um, <laughs> I like that he said Washington was a more complete team than LSU, and then Washington yeah, like struggled bust their way through a conference championship. Win. I mean, Washington's just God. They hurt. Jeez, like 
I'm sorry. He could have picked other teams for his example, but like Washington's offense, if you watch them, oh, it is not are. good. It is comparable to ours. It's very, very comparable to ours, if not worse. Well, and also, it's like Washington State, a really fun team to go to the Alamo Bowl. I think that's right. I think they're going to the Alamo Bowl. And uh, um, the powers that be, the Big 12, they could have chosen any Big 12 team. And instead of choosing West Virginia and setting up a glorious yeah, West a Virginia Washington shootout, I mean, everybody would have tuned in for that. That would have been a great game. Instead, they're like, you know what? We want Iowa State. Uh, what are you doing? Bowl games are supposed to be for entertainment purpose. Yes, exactly. What a horrible matchup. I'm mean, not horrible. Iowa State. They've had a good year, and they've, you know, Campbell's a terrific coach. But the idea of Wazoo playing West Virginia, uh, I feel robbed. Yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't even really perused the other bowl matchups, honestly. I was busy yesterday. That's the only one I've looked at because that one got me angry. (laughs) Yeah, that really should have happened. That would have been a fun game. Yeah, and and look, I I do stand by that bowl games, by and large, just (laughs) – they're exhibition games, so you should go for fun matchups. Like, by and large, you should just try and have the most fun game you can have. Before we do questions, I have to comment on uh, – I sent out a tweet. Our buddy Dave Hellman, who works for the Cowboys, tweeted during the game, the, the Big 12 championship, that he wants no part of Texas next year. Like, he's not looking forward to playing them, insinuating that they're going to be a very good team. And I think they will be a good team. But yeah. I, I retweeted it saying, oh, I'm looking forward to it because they're losing. Like, if you go look at their – if you go to OurLads.com, which has a lot of team depth charts, I'm not saying they're 100% accurate, but they're pretty good. They're good. I agree. Our Lads is the best neutral site for yeah. depth charts of everybody. There's a shit ton of seniors in the, the two deep for Texas defense. And then they lose three offensive linemen as well. And so I just made the points like, hey, I am looking forward to it because they're going to be rebuilding and we're going to catch them early. Like, I think it's a good yeah. time to catch that Texas team. And of course they have talent. They're Texas and Herman recruits well, all of that. And so I've had, like, these Texas guys blowing me up. I, not, like, tons of them, but, like, three or four. They're like, oh, yeah, those guys, those starters aren't as good as our backups, which just makes me laugh because I'm like, you realize you're just saying that your coach is a shitty coach. Like, that's all you're saying. Our coach is knowingly playing worse players. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And also, you know, let's, let's look at it because we'll do a long look ahead to Texas. Um, they, have, they start three wide receivers, um, all of them juniors. Um, I'd assume that maybe a little Jordan, Jordan Humphrey will go pro. Yeah, they've got some pro opportunities there. Uh, the other two, I think, will stay. All right, then they um, start a grad student, a senior, and another senior on the offensive line. So they're definitely losing three senior uh, offensive linemen. Plus, they've got another senior in the two de- two deep. So they're losing four of the ten players in their in their two deep. Yep, for sure. Um, Though they do start a redshirt freshman at right tackle, so that'll be good for them. Um, so they'll be rebuilding there. Um, they lose their starting tight end. Yep. Um, Sam Ellinger is coming back, and their starting running back is a grad student, so he's gone. And next year they'll be starting um, a, the true freshman Keontae Ingram, who I do not know anything about. Is he any good? Yeah, he's a good recruit. All right, so let's see what he did this year. Just out of yeah, I don't know what he did this year. He was a good recruiter. Um, yeah, he, he averaged five point one. He actually 
he was behind Trey Watson by a, a, a whole 12 yards and av- averaged nearly more than a yard of carry. So I'd say Keontae Ingram was essentially a starter by season's end. So that's a, a lot of the offense. It, that's not an unmanageable amount of losses, but that is a lot. Yeah. But but the defense. Yeah, the defense is getting gutted. The defense is where they get killed. I mean, the offense is like, okay, they're losing a lot, but with some management, they should be okay. But you're right. You'd rather play them early. On defense, they start both their defensive ends, seniors. They're starting nose tackle, senior. Their linebacking core, two seniors. Their nickelback starter, senior. They're starting two cornerbacks, both seniors. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... They will return one starting linebacker who was a junior, their free sa- and both starting uh, safeties. One of whom was a junior, and the other one was a freshman. So I don't know if either of them will leave early. Either of those juniors will leave early, but let's assume they don't. They're returning three starters on defense, and behind them is looking at our lads. You're right; it's almost nothing but freshmen and sophomores. So, yeah, I mean, I, and they show up and they're just like, dude, all these guys, they're basically starters already. I'm like, I'm sure they're playing a lot. And we've used that logic, too. Like, oh, all of our backups are so good. We recruit well, too. I get it. I'm just saying there's a leap from being like, oh, we throw you in as a backup to like, now you're the guy. You're the starter. Yeah, I agree There's with that. adjustment there. And also, you can kind of tell the difference between guys, uh, if that makes any sense. Like, Jacob Phillips didn't start the year as a starter, but... He, he's a starter. I mean, at this point, he's clearly a starter. Yes. Um, but another guy like Anthony, who started a lot, is Anthony and Thornton kind of went back and forth starting in, in place of Chase on. Yeah. I, I don't want to make this sound insulting, but they're guys. Yeah. They're, I, mean, I mean, they're guys. They're good. I mean, they're not going to embarrass themselves. They can play for a in a top ten <laughs> top ten defense. But when Kalevon Chase on comes back next year, I will have no problem putting them both back on the bench. On the bench. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I mean they did not, and, and also like a guy like you know Baskerville, who I think will step up to being a starter. He's not there yet. No. Yeah, that's the it, other piece year, too. Yeah. Next year, when I think he start, I think he'll start next year. There's going to be some growing pains. Now, luckily, he'll have Phillips next to him, so. It's a lot easier to have to replace one linebacker than to replace three or four. And that's where I think it, like they are right in that one of these guys that's one of their backups is going to step gonna up awesome. and be a star. It's just that they're having to do it at like eight positions. Yeah. And also it's a lot harder when everybody needs to step up. Exactly. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Te- God, Texas really does. They... they they lose a ton. It's rough. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll be a good team next year, but they will for sure. But uh, yeah, you're right in the fact that it's it's much better to play this team early than late. Um. So yeah, well, well, makes me feel better about Texas next year. See, not only do we have Central Florida preview, not much of it. We, we even we even go all the way and start looking at next year. <laughs> We are an all-encompassing, in-depth podcast. Do, do we want to answer these questions? Yeah, let's answer questions. I, I, yeah, I try and do my best to not read questions in advance. So I have no idea what's coming at us. Though I'm going to guess people ask about the offensive coordinator. 
They didn't follow my instructions, so I'm tempted to ignore people that didn't, but I, I'll be considerate. Okay. I asked for a hashtag just so it's easier to find these things. That's really the only reason why. I'm not trying to like start something with our podcast. Okay, yeah. But like half the people did it, so... Follow the rules, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I always do you say the word V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D vineyard or vineyard? I say vineyard. Like For, it's a vineyard. I would, too. Like if I if if you put me in the context of wine, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's a vineyard. But every time I read vineyard dog's name on Twitter, it's it comes out as a vineyard in my head. And I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, well, because it's kind of like the junkyard dog. So yeah, maybe vineyard, something like that. The vineyard dog. Okay, I, I got it. It's, it's wrestle brain. And yeah, and also because it's the vines, I, I can see that. that that's that might be uh, acceptable. Okay. Anyways, uh, vineyard dog. Should all four playoff teams have been from the SEC, and why is the answer an unequivocal yes? <laughs> well, yes, clearly it should be of the SEC because who cares about the rest of the teams in college football? You know. Once again, I like any argument where the answer is fuck Ohio State. So <laughs> We all know the the national championship was played in Atlanta again this year for like the ninth straight year. Yeah, this is just the, the aftermath. Uh, okay, Eric Hammond, with so many capable OC candidates. Hey, you got it right, Poser. Where'd you go? <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> with so many capable OC candidates available, do you want to see LSU pursue a different OC or go to like a co-OC situation? Or are you satisfied with giving E another shot? Please, let's not do co-OCs. Uh, I just can't. I, I can't do co-coordinators again. Um, Matt Canada's out there. Yeah, Matt Canada's out there. I did see that. Um, I I would like for LSU to quietly look for a coordinator if they can find a guy at the top of the market. Kind of if they can, you know, get a Longo or Yakovich from Oklahoma State, someone like that. Then yay, cool. If not. I'm actually kind of we, – we talked about this last time. I'm kind of comfortable with E. I, I, I think he's putting together something. I do think the thing that held this offense back was the offensive line, which I don't think will be a problem next year. Now, that could be whistling past the graveyard. Um, <laughs> I, but I, I think Craig, you know, Craig has a good reputation as an offensive line coach. We had to replace everybody on offense and particularly on the line. And then we had a ton of injuries. Burrow spent most of the early part of the year running for his life. And you just couldn't, it it became um, just get through. Like you're the, uh, he was calling games, not so much of, Hey, these are the best concepts in the world, uh, but more of, I'm just trying to plug the holes in the dike and just keep this thing rolling as best I can. And it was sort of like, we talked about Burrow all year. You could see, the potential there, he just never quite achieved it until the end of the season. That's kind of how I thought about the offense. Like, I saw some potential there, just never quite achieved it. So while I'm not enthused by Ensminger coming back, I'm not going to riot if he does. Is that about how you feel? Yeah, I'm pretty much with you. I mean, I wrote a whole article about basically making yeah. that same case. Like, hey, yeah, no, I, 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 I didn't. Neither of us love the hire. I still don't. Uh, it's going about what I thought would happen. <laughs> and, uh, but I even think give him another year. Like 
there was a lot of things reset. I'm not sure any offensive coordinator would have done a great job with this group. So yeah, that's he replaced all of his passing yards and virtually all of the rushing yards and a ton of the receiving yards. He lost his top two receivers as well and returned one starting offensive lineman. He was kind of screwed. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a lot to replace in the first year. Eric also asks who our top three candidates would be. Um, you already said I think Longo, Yurchich, so. Yurkich, or I don't know how to say that guy's yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, the guy at Oklahoma State. And then I'll just say Ensminger is my or, or Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Still, <laughs> I've loved Longo for a long time since probably since uh, I think that. The those was it like Texas? It was one of those directional Texas schools where he was at before he went to Ole Miss. Um, I researched him, so I guess he. I don't really have other candidates yeah. at this point. I haven't. I haven't looked. I mean, uh, like a guy I'm interested in, but I don't really know. You run the risk of is it really Lincoln Riley? But like OU's offensive line coach is technically their offensive coordinator. Everyone knows Lincoln Riley calls the plays. It's his offense, yeah. but like. God damn, OU's offensive line is incredible. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah, that is the source of them being good. And also, like, uh, what's his face? The quarterback quarterback coach at uh, Alabama, Enos. Oh, yeah, yeah. People always they, want him. They credit, you know, because that would weaken Alabama. Even if it doesn't work, it's, you know, still taking away Alabama's quarterback coach. Yep. Yeah, and it looks like they're probably going to need an offensive coordinator too. So maybe, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, okay, Jacob Hibbard, how worried are you about not having Greedy or Fulton against UCF? Pretty worried. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's your two starting corners. Um, I, I think Aranda will do a better job than he did against AM because he'll know going in he won't have either of them. I, I, I think going to. I think losing Fulton, then um, Joseph in the course of the game kind of screwed him. Um, but I, I think he'll have time to game plan for it. I, it clearly, it's going to hurt. I think UCF's going to be able to score some points. Um, LSU is not going to win this game, seventeen to fourteen. No. I just did a quick search. So this is a chance for. I wanted to do a quick look at UCF's backup quarterback. He had good passing numbers against Memphis. I wasn't sure. I had heard that he had run a lot, which he did. He ran it 18 times. Uh, but it looks like he can throw it, too. So, yeah, so I mean, UCF will uh, – um, I mean, it's a chance for guys to step up. So this is your – if guys treat this as – a as their first audition for next season, then it could go well. Yep. Uh, okay. Max asks, do you think E is capable of bringing the offense where it needs to be? And he also asks, why do you, why do we think the LSU pass game revolved around only like four or five routine or baseline concepts, which we talked about a little bit last week. Like, I think I'm not going to speak for you. So correct me if I'm wrong. You my my impression is, first of all, no, I don't really think he's the guy to like bring us into like the next stratosphere on offense. And why do I think it was so basic? Is because he's replacing everyone, and I yeah. think they evaluated this offense and said, 
I don't think this offense is going to be talented enough to get into shootouts, so we're going to play conservative and not put our defense in bad positions as best we can and win games that way. Yeah, you you adjust your strategy for your personnel. So it's sort of like if, you know, when you're not as talented, I don't want to say not as talented, but when you certainly don't have the experience and you don't know your talent, yeah, you play closer to the vest. You ran simple concepts because everyone was a freshman and a sophomore. Yeah. They're, tr- they're trying to do things they think they can execute, I think. Yes, yeah. I agree. Simple. Yes, uh, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Thomas Kennard? Kennard? I don't know. Um, will we ever beat Bama with Saban there, and how do you feel like O is done with the 2019 class so far? So I guess he's asking about the recruiting class, not necessarily this season. Um. I saw an article today that this is the first chance, first time we might have more five-star recruits than Alabama. Not that it's in the bag or anything. Um, I think beating Saban and recruiting is a very tall order. I sincerely believe he's the greatest recruiter in the history of college football. Um, so probably we won't ever have a better recruiting class than Bama. I mean, maybe towards the end of his tenure. I think if you if we do have a class that beats out Saban, that's how you know the end is coming. I think his first question might have been just on the purely on the field, and then he was pivoting to a recruiting question. Do you, so I'll just ask for him. If not, do you, do you think we can beat Bama? Sure, on the field. I mean, yeah, of course. With Saban there. Yeah, you can. You just need things to go right, and we've been we've been very close a couple times and got really unlucky. Um, and then other times he's beaten the crap out of us, but he's beaten the crap out of everybody. Um, I, I think the more we treat it as like some bizarre juju, it's, it's becoming that Michigan-Ohio State thing. I think Michigan's a better team than Ohio State, but they have this weird mental block about it, and they've lost 14 of 15 to them. Um, we, just, we need to get over that shit. Alabama's just another team. I mean, they're a really, 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 really good team, but – there is no secret sauce. Yeah. It's true. Uh, okay. Mets theory. He says, sell me on Kingsbury's OC. He knows it's not happening, but why would he even want this? His belief is LSU should be physical. I don't get that from him. So essentially he doesn't see Cliff's style meshing with LSU. I say look at Bama. I I mean, Bama's gone to a more finesse kind of offense, and they still beat the crap out of people. Yeah. If you can still hurt people (laughs) and throw the ball around, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I feel I I see a cliff hire as someone that would like fill in the areas of weakness for LSU. We have struggled with passing the ball for a long time. And now you finally get a bona fide teacher of that to mesh awesome. with your already physical, powerful running game. Yeah, and wouldn't it be awesome if we spread a team out and then ran power when they didn't have <laughs> eight guys in the box? Yeah. I mean, just our five offensive linemen and our awesome running back against, you know, their th- four down linemen. Uh, we got a question that I think is probably more suited for Billy, which is. Tyler asks, in keeping with tradition of making meals out of our opponents and their mascots, how does one cook a UCF Golden Knight? 
Um, well, clearly, I think we have to resort to cannibalism. I think that's the only solution. <laughs> we're not above it. Yeah, we're, we're, you're actually going to have to find a UCF fan, kill him, and then eat you know eat his flesh. Also, I hear we taste like turkey, so maybe just eat some turkey. You cook anything low and slow long enough, it'll taste good. <laughs> Put a helmet on it. Put a helmet on a turkey. Pretend you're eating human. Could this be Golden Knight? Is it like a Burger King thing? Do you do Burger King? Yeah, well, there's the golden chick. No, yeah, it's true. And there's, and I have a golden chick right down the street. We could do that. All right, golden like, chick. Would you be interested in sponsoring this podcast? Anybody <laughs> for golden chick out there? Well, but also I kind of like the turkey leg because that's kind of like medieval. You know, you go to medieval times, you get a big turkey leg. Oh, that's cool. We should do a medieval theme tailgate. We um, totally should. I'm yeah. putting that on Zach Rao. Yeah, we should uh, have a whole bunch of mead. <laughs> just eat nothing but wild game giant yeah. smoked turkey legs and yeah i don't know what else do yeah, medieval people eat some sort of porridge yeah everything's served on a skewer yeah <laughs> uh okay the colonel says why in all caps with uh a lot of question marks and exclamation points because because yeah. man All right, Zach's brother, Jared, uh, all of the SEC coaches have to play non-sports game. We're only one walks away alive. Uh, what do they play, who wins, and how? So all the coaches, a non-sports game, and then uh, what's the to game? The death? What's the game? Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, God, what game could you play to the death? Because that's kind of weird. Chess? Um, um. Yeah, yeah. You could play chess to death. That's kind of. Um. I think. Uh. What would be a game that they could all play? Um. Because you, you, it's hard to come up with a fourteen-player game. Um. Otherwise, you just have to do a tournament. Um. Chess doesn't seem very SEC of us. I, I think it's got to be cornhole, doesn't it? Like it's a good tailgating game or battle shots. <laughs> battle shots. They should all play battle shots, and whoever dies of alcohol poisoning, you keep playing until only one person's left standing. And so, basically, who's the biggest drunk in the conference? Um, I do like Ed's chances, um, but I bet you Gus Malzahn drinks a ton and just doesn't tell anybody. <laughs> so I bet you he's going to get that sneaky Baptist on you, and Gus Malzahn will be the last guy standing. That's a pretty good guess. I was going to say if we played chess, it wouldn't be fair to Bert Bielema, but I guess he didn't make no, it no, that far. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, need, I need more time to be that creative, I feel like. So you're going battle, sh- battle shots in Coach O? No, I'm going to go with Gus Malzahn. I'm oh, Gus Malzahn, that's right. I think, I think Gus has uh, been sneaking the liquor without, t- you know, it's the whole thing about how the – you know, Baptists won't recognize each other in the liquor store. I bet you he's putting it away when no one else is looking. The old uh, Hugh Freeze. Yeah, exactly. Preacher in the in the pulpit, and pimp on the yeah. streets. I mean, I like Ed's chances, but uh, I think when it comes down to it. Um, yeah, it's been sober for a while now. Yeah. 
Okay, the Colonel, why does Nick Saban hate Tua so much so as to continue to expose him to catastrophic injury? <laughs> and at what point should he sit Tua out to wait to await the draft? Um, you know, it was weird. I was watching the game, and it's just like even bad luck for Alabama turns into good luck because it really seemed like Saban was not going to take Tua out of the game until his ankle got stepped on. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with him on this one. I thought he should have taken Tua out a lot earlier. I mean, I, I thought he was going to give him one drive in the second half, and then once that didn't work, take him out. But he kept going with Tua, and he's going to have a month to heal. So I, I think come playoff time, we're going to see Tua back out there. You know, he can love Jalen Hurts all he wants, but, but two is his meal ticket. That is, yeah, I totally agree. Like, it seems fortunate that Jalen, I like, I love the Jalen story, but it seems fortunate that that happened for him. Yeah, it, it happened, like, for, well, for Alabama, basically. Because well, like, I think they were going to ride to it until they lost. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't, I, I, I guess my thing is, I, if they were like, okay, well, we're going to go jail in the rest of the playoffs, I they they're probably going to lose. Yeah, he's just not as good. That's my opinion. Well, yeah, but two is good. You know, either going to win or finish second in the Heisman Trophy voting. So, saying you're not as good as the Heisman Trophy. Well, yeah, is. <laughs> but two, yeah, but two is really what it elevated them from. Like, oh, we're really good to we're unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I got really distracted during your point because I was looking for a list of the SEC coaches to try and come up with a joke for the previous question, and I stumbled on this talk from our fellow community SB Nation folks at Rocky Top Talk, and this is just too damn funny. Yeah. I don't know who Noah Taylor is. God bless you. He wrote a list, this is in July, of the top SEC head coaches. Okay. So, of course, Saban is number one. That's fine. I get it. Yeah. Okay, Fisher, number two. He's got a national championship. I disagree, but okay. Cool. All right. Number three, he has Dan Mullen. I I actually agree with that. I think Mullen is a really good coach. He's now at Florida. He did wonders at Mississippi State. Let's see how Florida goes. Yeah. So then Kirby Smart is four. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then he mauls on his fifth, whatever. Uh, okay, we're getting, you know. Right. <laughs> My biggest thing is, like, the, this whole article is written under the prism of, like, Tennessee has just hired Jeremy Pruitt. Where does he rank in this list? And he puts O at 13th. Oh, he puts God. O barely ahead of Barry Odom. Uh, uh, and honestly, Barry Odom's not that bad of a coach. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're like well, Matt Luke, Derek Mason. Like, well, what are we like, I'm, I'm going to be offended not just for Ed O, who has now done a uh, – what's his record now at LSU? It, it's it's significant enough that I think everyone else in the league needs to stop thinking that he's still the head coach at Ole Miss. But also, from Mizzou, Odom, didn't Missouri's go 8-4 and four this year? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, everyone's always taking dumps on Mizzou, and Mizzou quietly wins eight games every season. How, how about a little bit of respect for Odom, too? I think he's got a case for being wildly underrated. Yeah, they. Ha- I mean, yeah, I don't get it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's just hubris. Like, like I, the it, it, by comparison, I'm not okay. If you want to put O behind like Malzahn, Mullen, Smart, Fisher, okay, okay fair. fine. That's fair. He, and particularly before the year started, he hadn't. You know, he didn't have, have the skins on the wall. But but he's got Muschamp at six, <laughs> Mark Stoops at seven, which is yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. Chad Morris. Okay, we don't really know shit about Chad Morris. He has Pruitt at stuff. nine. Like Pruitt's never even been a head coach till this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, Noah. Yeah, just the the way they go after Ed O and like he's some sort of, you know, just emerge from the swamp. Yeah, it's just baffling. And, and honestly, like, look, I get he was terrible at Miss at Ole Miss. And it's one of the reasons I wasn't a big fan of the hire in the first place. But it was 10 years ago, and we kind of have new data now. It's sort of like thinking Nick Saban can't coach because he bombed out at the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, exactly. There comes a point where that data point doesn't really matter anymore. I'm sure Noah would reevaluate his list at this point. but We'll see what he does, how he ranks him next year. You know well, what? You, we're going to see those coaching lists next year, and I bet you Edo's not going to move up a whole lot. <laughs> I uh, I would invite Noah on the podcast, but we don't really do guests. Not really. It, it doesn't work out well. We don't play well with others. We're terrible. That's okay. Noah, we wish you all the luck in the world, and uh, go cheer for the Vols. And, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, and Didn't beat, make the bowl. Sorry about that. Beat Bama for once, for God's sake. Do something. Yeah. And also, look, I got nothing. Yeah, look. I want Tennessee to be good. We need Tennessee to be good. So desperately. Tennessee fans are stuck in that chasm of thinking they're still great. Yeah. It's rough. It's It's rough. It it is a tough time for them. It's over, guys. It's over. (laughs) And and honestly, I don't understand why they're not better than they are. I know everyone says it's a hard place to recruit, but they they do have Memphis. They can go into – Virginia, the coast in Virginia. There's some pockets of talent right there where they should be the home school. And God, they just. They should be better than what they are. How about, they've lost three straight to Vanderbilt, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. They should not be that embarrassing. Okay, let's wrap these up. Uh, John Destiny. Uh What's your expectations for last at Kansas in year one? Just year one. For less miles of Kansas? Yes. Um, I think he'll win. Well, how many games did Kansas win this game? Three or four? I think four. Yeah, I, I think four or five then. I mean, I don't think he's gonna, there's going to be this radical turnaround or anything like that. I think they'll be competitive. I think Kansas State's going to get worse. That's going to help them out. Um, but th- they're still just less talented than the rest of the Big 12. That's just the simple reality of it. They won three. I was off. So, yeah. So if they can get the four wins, then that's progress. Hey, I, I'm i probably alone in this. I'm happy Les is back, but I feel like it was, I don't know. I don't see it going well. So I don't have much expectations for him. I mean, they're just, I don't think they're ever going to, you know, compete for the, top of the conference or anything, but K-State's about to be get terrible again. That's going to help. <laughs> it's true. Uh, John also asked your favorite Christmas song. Ooh. Um, a Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. Wow, you like went off the beaten path. Oh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. 
Of course, but uh, it's the Pogues. Uh, if you want to go super traditional Christmas song, um, I do. I'm a big fan of. Uh, I'm going to go against it. I hate this campaign against Little Drummer Boy by David Bowie and uh, Bing Crosby. That is the fucking weirdest thing that has ever happened. That Bing Crosby and David Bowie do a duet like <laughs> it's like normal, and it blows my mind. And that is great. That is the creepiest thing that's ever happened in pop culture, and we should appreciate Little Drummer Boy a ton more than we do. There you go. You have uh, much more music passion and takes than I do. Um, I like all. The, I like all the vintage classic ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I like them too. Uh-huh. You got a favorite? You got one that you you play when uh, putting the star on top of the tree? Uh, we went through our. We have like three or four Christmas records. We played them all yesterday while we were decorating. I'm trying to think of which yeah. song. I mean, White Christmas is a good one. It's it's classic. I like Bing. Again, I love Bing. Yeah, Bing is great. So, and also I just like Bing normally. So, though apparently it was kind of like a jerk in real life, but you know, never meet your heroes. That is true. That was the last question. So, um. I don't know when we'll be back for signing day, I guess. Yeah, we'll we'll get together for signing day, but uh, when is signing day is here? Uh, December 18th, I think is the start. Yeah, that's signing day now. Let's not, let's not cut ourselves. Let me see. Is I, nope, nope. Here, I got to pull up the calendar because Google still refers to the February date. Um, Division one, yeah, December nineteenth. <clears throat> All right, yeah, we'll, we'll try and do something before Christmas. Yeah, for sure. And uh, um, things looking good on the recruiting front. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it, like. There's a lot of balls in the air right now, which honestly has me concerned because I don't know. It, usually, you're kind of like, okay, it's gonna be this guy, this guy, and that guy, and then it, maybe one of these two. <laughs> And right now it's like, well, it could be that guy, it could be this guy, it could be those two. I don't know. So I don't know. I, I'm worried that they are going to run into the same issue last year where they just overcommitted themselves and didn't narrow their, their sights onto certain prospects and kept pursuing guys that they weren't going to get and then ended up undersigning. Looking at it, just uh, throwing it out, this is you know, a little bit of preview. Uh, looking at the top ten in Louisiana, the only two that are still out there are uh, Sofser, defensive tackle, ranked number two in the state of Louisiana, yep. and Devontae Lee, ranked number an athlete. Um, I don't know what he'll play in college. Um, what are both of them right now are heavily um, predicted to go to LSU, but this is on two four seven. Any uh, gut feeling? Uh, I don't think we're going to get so up, sir. Uh, but we should get Lee. Okay. Okay. That's, that's fair. Lee is a wide receiver in high school, and he's really damn good. But a lot of I've seen people talk about him playing linebacker because he's big. He's like a he's a thick guy. He's listed at six two two twelve. That is not big enough to play linebacker. But he puts on twenty pounds. Well, fifteen pounds. He'd be two twenty seven. So. Yeah, he's got a nice frame. He's a, he's a muscular kid, you know. If you can get into a college weight room, you know, that, that works. So we will see. But it does look like 
early on, LSU right now has four of the top five in the state of Louisiana committed. Anybody we should worry about leaving the class? Uh, there are people that might leave the class, but nobody that's really significant. Okay. That's... And it's probably more of a mutual, like, we kind of gave them the hint, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's all I got on the recruiting right now. I have not – I mean, I followed it a little bit. I know we have Stingley coming in, but – It's a really good – it's a good class. Like, it, I think my lead probably marred the overall – that it's a very strong class. It's just – I'm worried about finishing, yeah, we'll, like we'll having see. an amazing finish. And, you, and that's one of those things you just don't know. Yeah. Because you don't know how you're going to finish until you actually do it. Yeah, exactly. And But you, I don't think we've lost any momentum from the A&M loss. If anything, I think that kind of helps you. Yeah, I, I don't think so at all. So, well, yeah, I think things right now look good for LSU going forward. Um, I think the big recruiting job is not so much bringing guys in, but keeping guys here. Yeah, I, I think Fulton having surgery is a good sign for LSU. Yeah, and his dad's comments make me think he's leaning heavily towards staying. Yeah, he, he's probably he's going to talk to the agents. He's not, you know, he's not a moron. You know, he's going to get his draft grade. But, yep. Um, I'd expect everybody to do their due diligence. But I think Fulton, if he's having surgery on top of his drug concerns from last year, you know how the NFL is. Yeah, if there's the one thing they hate. (laughs) He's probably coming back because he needs a a year of health. Yeah, and being the number one corner, proving you're the guy, it'll all help him. And he he can go first round. Yep. And right now he's not in a position to go first round. And I, I think that's the... He's in a very Trey White situation. Yeah, you wouldn't think. I mean, unless he does get some spectacular grade. But I yeah. wouldn't think he would. So, yeah, he, he, he has off-the-field concerns. So I, I would I, – it's looking better he will come back. And then you start looking at Alexander, Lawrence, Fajoko, if any of that troika is going to go pro. Yep. And we've beaten that one into the ground. So – Really, for our for our standpoint, all we can do is wait. Yeah, exactly. It's an anxious few weeks of off season. Yes, 